Here on Mother Love, we celebrate moms, their bravery, wisdom, and strength, their endurance and wit, dedication and sacrifice. We speak about the transformation in body, mind, and soul that is required on this sacred journey. We discuss what it takes to conceive, grow, birth, and welcome a baby into this big, wide, messy world. Mother Love is a safe space to witness each other in the darkest and brightest of moments. Mother Love is a place where you can let it all out and just be. A place to harvest your deep wisdom and spread hope to all the moms out there who still feel invisible. Welcome to Mother Love, where we love on mothers. We're so glad you're here. When I finally was able to get the file, it was actually my adoptive records. They had unsealed the whole thing. So I'm sitting in this room and I'm just shaking, you know. Like where are you at this in, t- in space and time when you actually get that file? I am in, in a in the courthouse in Glasgow, Montana. Okay. Um Jonah's dad and I were married at the time and he was out of town. And so I was, you know, by myself and I'm in this room and and it's just like my birth mom had been someone who I'd carried with me my whole life. She was someone I I wanted to know, someone that I held me with me when I was in a new home. Um, she was just this, uh, I don't know, angel that I carried with me and I didn't know anything about her. I just felt, you just felt that connection, that connection. I, I, I guess probably just cause I wanted it so yeah. badly, you yeah. know? And so here I am and I am opening up and there's her name. Yeah. Delia, mm-hmm. Delia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know. So, so sometimes, so April just, um, you know, we're going to give a second, but also April just pointed to a tattoo on her wrist, which I'm saying because our, obviously our listeners can't see a really beautiful moment of remembering, um, you know, and so we just take space for a minute. (laughs) We just let, Delia, enter into the story. Delia was 17 years old when she had me, and she had actually had a baby 11 months prior to that. So by the time that I I was born, there was just, it was more than what she felt she could, I mean, of course, could deal with. And, and, and so I was placed for adoption and um to see her name to it it was just this moment of this is what it's all been building up to Mm -hmm. and and the thing about you know it was funny after i found her so many people coming up to me you know i was adopted and i'm thinking about finding my birth family and all of this stuff and the thing i had to say over and over again is I was so fortunate in the way that that story turned out for me, but I had to be prepared, me especially, just because it it meant so much and acceptance meant so much that I had to be in a place where no matter what the the happened when I found her, like if she was like, I don't, I can't know you, I needed to be prepared for that right. wh- whichever way it went. And totally. I, I would say that to anybody who's... Mm-hmm who's exploring that avenue is that you really have to be solid in as solid as you can be in who you are and your worth and your, your life and importance before you go down that road, because it can, it could really, it could really shake you if, if it went badly and you weren't in a space to be able to handle that. Yeah. Luckily for me, it wasn't that, um, (laughs) you know, by the end of that, end of the day, I had her phone number. And at that point, I was I was someone who really never did anything if I hadn't super planned it out. Yeah, I um, it was very out of character for me to call her without having obsessed about it for a week. Mm-hmm. And she was so embarrassed later on when I would tell the story because um, <laughs> she was such a sweet woman. I I she picked up the no someone one of my sisters picked up the phone, and I asked 
to speak to Delia and I didn't know she went by Dee Dee oh, yeah. with everyone. So yeah. to have someone asking for Delia was like, is this a sales call? Yeah, sales something. call or yeah. something, you know, what is this? And um, so she finally got on the phone and, and I was, and I asked her, you know, is this D- Delia Contreras? And she's like, yes, who is this? <laughs> she said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she thought it was our voices all sound very f- similar my sisters and mine and so she thought it was one of, one of my sisters just pulling a prank on her yeah. and I was I said um this is gonna sound probably kind of crazy but uh I was born on October 29th 1975 in Billings Montana and and I think you might be my birth mom and it was just silent and everyone was like hello and she just started sobbing. She just cried and cried. And we just, I mean, she was everything that I always hoped and imagined she would be. <laughs> you know, I, I, she was fiercely protective and she loved me fiercely from from the from the very beginning it was like there was no you need to earn your place or i need to explain you away or you know or i need to reassure my kids that they're okay you know it was she's here like deal with it and it was really the first time that i'd ever experienced that fierce paternal or parental love yeah where where it was like oh and it kind of freaked me out it was like oh when's the where's the other shoe right like what's i know that there's something else coming because this can't i can't be enough like or like i'm sure you were just looking for ways to earn like yeah let me do this for you let me do that for you let me show up in all these different ways and she wasn't interested yeah she made that really really clear from the very beginning and um she was living in phoenix at the time um i have an older sister and two younger sisters uh who i i went down with um my husband at the time to meet (laughs) and the they all met me at the airport and there was signs and there was like all of this family and it was so crazy and i remember we'd gotten off the plane and we're you know we're coming down the little stairs and stuff and i see i see some people at the end and i know it's them and then i see this woman start walking towards me <laughs> and as she's walking towards me the pi- one of the pilots is like kind of coming from the side pulling his luggage behind him <laughs> and i can just see it all playing out and she just totally takes him out his luggage goes flying she goes flying <laughs> And she gets right back up and she just keeps coming at me. And I was like, that's my mom. That is such a beautiful (laughs) moment. I mean, oh God, like just metaphorically for a second. Can we take a minute? Because it's like, yeah, you know, when there are those moments as a mother and I don't, I don't want to like, this is a huge moment. So I don't want to, I don't want to distill it down. But you know, when you have like one thing that comes to mind for me is like when you're first having the, um, the awareness that you might be in a place where breastfeeding isn't welcome, right? but your right. baby is really hungry. Yep. And like, I remember early on in that, and I don't think that anyone like told me to do this, but I remember making a very conscious, it was maybe as a female, one of my first decisions of like, right. Like totally. no one else exists to me except for this baby. And what she needs, right? Like, you do not exist to me. You're not alive to That's me. Exactly. You are not like, I don't care how many bags of luggage you have. Like exactly. I'm walking towards my daughter. Yeah. I haven't seen her in decades. Yeah. Like since she was born yeah. and like, I will take you out if you she, cross my totally. path. Like, she didn't help him up or anything. No, like she was, not. she was just like on a mission. Yeah. And she just grabbed me. Oh. And, and I mean, I wasn't physically touched as, as right. a child. Like right. we'd, there right. was no tuck in. There was no like, I love you. There was mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. hugging or physical contact, right. no affirmation, physical or otherwise of like, you're special. I love you. You're mine. And she just, it was like 
three decades worth of, yeah. I, I haven't been able to tell you that and I'm going to give it to you all here in this hug. Yeah. And oh. it was, you know, it was amazing. And I got to meet them all. My sisters were all there. They had kids, my grandma, aunts and uncles. It was, it was, but I remember very quickly, I had to go in the bathroom and just kind of, Oh, I'm sure you were. Well, like, it was not only just the, the physical, they looked like me. Yeah. I had never seen yeah. someone who looked like me. Oh man. And there were these mannerisms and this this flip of the hair that we would all do. And when we tell stories, we get this really high voice. <laughs> and like all of these things that you would never in a million years think was genetic yeah. showing up. And yeah. it just freaked me out because yeah. I was like, I thought these were all me things and now I see all these other people doing it. Who am I? Yeah. And this ties back in with the original question that you had of, I found my mom who ended up being, of course I had soft, gooey, tender parts to me. Of course I had a huge heart. Of course mm -hmm. I was super maternal mm -hmm. and wanted to nurture people yeah. because that's she was an embodiment of that. Right. She was the hub of the entire family. Mm -hmm. She provided that to everyone in her sphere. She would never, she would always come up with something that she could say that was positive. Even if it was a hard situation, she wouldn't put that on you. Right. So when I started to get to know her and later found my birth father, who was also very loving and gentle, it, it was, it answered all of those questions that I'd had growing up, all those parts of me that I just wanted to get rid of and I was able to pull them all back and say you belong. Yeah. You have a place. Not only not only do you belong but these are your superpowers. Yeah. These are why you're still alive. Yeah. And and to see and like Oh god, there's like so much. I'm like yeah. having trouble staying in my chair even, but to see all of those things that forever you had been told were like wrong, like dead wrong. Yeah. To see all of a sudden, like an entire group of people where those things were like oh thriving and like they were seen yeah. as strengths and they yeah. were, that they were like the way that, that they were relating to each other and connecting and like, well, I could see what my life might've been. Right. And let's so, talk about that. So for then a second, there was that because I, that it. question has been rising. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, Especially because you say you have two younger sisters. So I that means do. that down the road, and they were much younger. I mean, I, I, gosh, I was like seven or eight years younger than me, mm -hmm. you know, so it was down the road from mm -hmm. when she had had me. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, you know, there were those, that little girl in me saying, well, how come I, how right. come I had to go? Right. How come, you know, and, and, and I, that was something that I had to wrestle with because there was anger and there was sadness and there was grief all tied in with the joy and the happiness and this new beginning, you know, because I could see what it was like and right. I could see what that looked like in a functioning family. Yeah. And they were all so close and loving and, and it was this, here, here was this thing that I'd always wanted. Right. And and I was And it had been going on the whole time. It had time been going the on the whole time. time that that's yeah. that things were going very differently for me. Yeah. And my mom had to process that. You know, Delia had to process that. Yeah. Because I'm I you know, in her mind, she 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 placed me for adoption in the hopes for something better. Right. And then she had to hear yeah. that it didn't quite go that way. Yeah. And that was, you know, and we, th we thought we had all this time to unpack it yeah. and to have all these conversations and to heal and to, um, and to grow together and to find our family. Uh, so, you know, I, I found her and in the meantime, things were progressing with my health as far as, you know, I, I was diagnosed with a severe case of endometriosis and um, pre-cancer on my cervix, it's all of these different things that were happening. And uh, 
went through a hormone therapy for a year, which was just really brutal. Mm. Still thinking that like maybe, maybe I want to have children. I was, st- I mean, I, I was not someone who grew up saying I'm going to be a parent. I was the exact opposite because my the thing that I was always told was you're just like your dad. Because the only thing in my family where they had a, a frame of reference for strength, which is what I had, I had it in spades. But that wasn't what he had. But I was, he had dominance. Dominance and strength are two different things. Very. But that's the thing that I don't, you're, you're just like, so in the back of my mind, I'm just like my dad. I'm just like my dad. Oh, man. I was terrified to be a parent. I was terrified that I was going to hurt my child. Yeah. That my dad. Uh, that makes sense. It, it was. It was. It, yeah. The farthest thing from my mind that I thought that I wanted. Yeah. But when I was told that you know your the damage your internal damage is so severe, like the likelihood of you being able to carry a child to term, it's more likely why you had the miscarriages. Um, it, it's very. The, the the possibility is is nil pretty much is yeah. what they were saying and at that point i was 30 years old and and it took me another year to decide that i, I just i want to have a hysterectomy yeah. and i had a complete hysterectomy so i immediately went into menopause mm-hmm. at 31 mm-hmm. um it had been a couple years since i had found my birth mom mm-hmm. uh and a little over a year since we'd found my birth father. So I was starting to have somewhat of a relationship with him, but it wasn't the same as with her. Mm-hmm. She and I connected really quickly. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a, I have a younger sister with him as well. And he was very um, involved in that relationship. It There wasn't really a lot of space mm-hmm. to, for me, but he was also very generous with meeting and, and, and wanting to try to have some sort of a relationship. And I remember saying to my mom, I'm like, I'm having a hard time. And she's like, just, just keep at it. Don't give up. Just, it'll, it'll get there. And, and, and so I did. And I continued, she would came to Montana. She visited me. Um, it was amazing. You know, at that time I was out of contact with my adoptive family so I felt really kind of isolated. You know, I had my husband at the time and his two kids who I, I had gotten very close with, um, but I didn't have anybody of my own. And I remember on that visit right before she was getting ready to leave again, she's like, but you've got me. I'm here now. I've got you. Yeah. And And it was like all of these things that I'd gone through, all of this stuff that had happened, it was like, oh, this is a reward. This is my reward for having done all of that. Like, this is my happy ending. Like here she is. I've got her. She's everything I thought she would be. This is amazing. So I have my hysterectomy and I'm off work and towards the end of it, I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm like, I'm going to go surprise her. I'm going to go surprise her for a week and spend a week with her before I have to go back to work. So I call out my sisters and we have all of this plans you know we're doing all this behind the scenes and she kind of knows something's up and she's giggling in the background and and it's a friday morning i'm supposed to leave on saturday and it's early in the morning and the phone rings and you know i don't know how i knew i didn't know exactly what had happened but i knew something had happened and i knew it was her And my husband at the time answered the phone and uh, took all the information. And I just saw his face. And I remember I just crumpled to the floor and I just, you know, kind of curled up in a fetal position and just was like, no, no, no. And just started screaming, you know, no, no, no. And uh, she had been at work and had collapsed and she had had a brain aneurysm and she was gone before she hit the floor. So they were, um, rather than going to surprise her the next day, 
I was leaving as soon as I could that night so that I could go and say goodbye and help my sister plan um, her funeral. So, you know, everything changed. That changed everything. Yeah. That's the moment. Like, you know, those there's yeah. those times in your life and it happens time and time again where you can point to the moment where it changed your trajectory. Yeah. And that is the moment that changed my trajectory. Yeah. Because I did go down and I did help my sister and I did say goodbye and I did all of the things. Yeah. And I remember saying to my sister, like, I'm so afraid now that she's gone, like that I'm gonna lose you too. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's gonna we it's gonna be good. We've got it. This is I love you, your family. You know, and within I don't know, eight months they were gone. And the thing was is I was so much like her. Yeah. That it Everybody was, who yeah. who knew her and would yeah. see me would just start crying. Yeah. Because I was her. Yeah. And while there was so much of me that got that, there was also this part of me like it happened again. Yeah. I'm alone again. For sure. And she's gone. And nothing is promised and nothing, you can't bet on anything and you have this moment. Yeah. And that's, that's, it just changed everything. It's like I have right now, am I who I want to be? Yeah. And when all of that happened, you know, Jonah's dad and I at the time had decided to um, adopt. Mm -hmm. And so we were in the process, not only trying to adopt, but trying to adopt through the system because I wanted to try to give someone who was in the situation that I was in a different story, a different outcome. And we had lots of almost during, I mean, it was by the time we got the call for Jonah, it had been almost a three-year process and so many ups and downs and so much just grief. You know, as I said, I hadn't planned on wanting to be a parent, Mm -hmm. but when I found out for sure I wasn't going to be, and then when the thing that I always wanted when I was a little girl to have what I took as my, I'm doing air quotes here, femaleness my womanhood removed right i grieved oh yeah and i saw that little girl that i didn't even know that i had and i was pushing her on the swing and now she was never gonna be and who was i i wasn't even i wasn't even a real woman anymore like what was i what did i have to give yeah and you know it the gift that i that i got during that time was was being a a stepmom to jonah's brother and sister because i was able to as i was embracing those parts of myself um from finding my birth parents and and knowing that these gentle nurturing parts of me were my superpower, I was able to, in real time, put that into action in how I showed up for them. Yeah. And, you know, I would, I wouldn't trade that for anything because that they were my way back Yeah. to, to being able to even consider being a parent, right. a full-time parent right. and, and having my own child. Yeah. And, so that is a gift, you know, that I, I, I carry that I will carry them with me forever. Right. Because they were able to help me embody well, that. And they, and, and I don't know, again, like how much you want to go into this piece of it, but I remember when we first talked about this, that, that they sort of had a similar, um, influence in their life from their dad as far as like control and not, um, and just that lack of softness. Yeah. There was something that I was able to bring to the table that I don't know that they necessarily experienced in that way before, as far as a parent parental person goes, right? because with, you know, their dad, he was a very good um, provider, mm-hmm. but he wasn't always able to be present when they, you know, 
had emotional needs or right. just like had a funny story that had no real bearing on anything, but you just show up because they, ha- there's going to come a time when they're not going to tell you those things. Totally. And, and again, me being me, having gone through what I had gone through, like being a parent meant so much more than I think it would for the average person. So every little thing I was looking at under a microscope, like, am I doing this the best of my ability? But also being at a point where I was still doing that thing of being what they wanted me to be. So it was, you know, decades of doing that by this point, and I was tired. Totally. And I was tired. And I, I... this the masks were slipping yeah and they were they were having to see that and experience that so as much as i was able to give them this really you know i had a, a beautiful moment with um my stepdaughter when she was older and she was getting married to someone who had a, a child so she was going to be a stepmom mm-hmm. and she said that, and I, I this is one of the best things that i've ever got to hear from anyone. And she said, you know, I have so many friends that get in relationships with people who have kids and they're so worried about what being a stepmom means or what that looks like or how to do it. And can I do it? And she's like, I have never doubted it. Oh man. She's like, because I had you and I saw what you did. That's so beautiful. And it just, because, and I'm getting ahead of myself here. I, you know, there was definitely some pain there. I didn't, I, as much beautiful, great things that I brought to their lives, I also was, I hurt them, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was, um, when, when, when Didi passed away, you know, it, she passed away in February of 2007 and we got the call for Jonah and see, so he was born in May. We got the call in June, I believe, mm-hmm. end of June. So it wasn't too long after her passing away and me having this major, like, am I, is this where I want to be? Am I who I, I mean, yeah. this real aha moment to all of a sudden finally getting the call. Yeah. And Jonah was, you know, one pound, 15 ounces when he was born. He was so tiny and, ha- you know, there was so much that went into caring for him yeah. that that kind of became my everything. You yeah. know, I was with him every single, you know, totally. it, it was on. It was like, okay, here's all the, yeah. he's here. It was on, he's here, and you have to keep him alive. Right. Like, right. You know, and, and yeah. his stepsister at the time had decided to come live with us mm-hmm. full time. So she was visiting her mom in the summer and then staying with us and going to school with us. So I was now a full time mm-hmm. parent, you know, mm-hmm. and needing to, to be there for a teenage girl who was mm-hmm. going through all, everything she was going through as well as, you know, having um, Jonah and making sure he was being cared for in the way that he needed to be. So talking about those masks starting to slip, there was even more pressure to be these things, you know, my, my husband at the time was very much a part of the community. We were, you know, we went to church. He was very much part of that community. So I just felt like all of this pressure to really make sure that I was showing up in a way that was accepted. To keep and those masks To in keep place. those masks in place. Yeah. But at the same time, in the back of my mind. You knew. I knew. Yeah. So, you know, it was a year. It wasn't until 2008 and things had gotten to a place in my marriage where um, it was it was not all that it seemed. You know, uh, I know people in the community had a certain, and after I ended up leaving, they had a certain story that they had in their mind of what that marriage was and who he was and who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't all that everybody thought that it was. There was some really damaging, um, abusive things that were happening. It was, it was not, and there was not a, you know, I was the damaged one. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was good when that was the case. But when I yeah. was done being the damaged one and I wanted to be, and I wanted to call other things into the picture, then that all of a sudden became threatening. Threatening. You know, so there were there were a lot of factors that that um, 
ended up coming into play in a really short amount of time. And I still really wasn't at a place where I had any sort of tools to be able to communicate or advocate or set boundaries or I, I, you know, I, I still was really learning those things um, for myself. But I had, um, you know, after Dealey had passed away, I had maintained a relationship with my birth father. He was living in Seattle at the time and, you know, just been, so I, I had people checking in on me and, and, and it just, it wasn't going well. And when I would try to approach my husband at the time about it, it just really, it was not something that he wanted to look at or address or fix or, you know, he wanted it to stay the way that it had been. Mm-hmm. Which must have reminded you, you know, which must have hearkened back to when you were a kid and all these unwelcome parts of yourself, right. Right. you know, that wanted to be out. And then, right. but once, once you've been through that sort of like how many locks it takes to lock that up. Right. And then once you've unlocked it, like it's, right. it's nearly impossible to consider well, wrapping the exactly. chains back around and exactly. finding the locks. Well, and here I was in this, in the, in the, per, you know, white picket fence. I'm, yeah. I'm the, I'm the broken poor kid in here. He's the knight in shining yeah. armor and he has all of this family and community. And this should be the story. Yeah. This should be the happy ending. Yep. And to have to acknowledge that it wasn't, and then being the only one that was willing or able to acknowledge that it wasn't, yeah. I was back in that seat of, okay, I have a choice. Either I cut all of these. And and I yeah. truly believe if Delia hadn't passed away, I wouldn't have left. Yeah. Because I, I, I would have just continued to do whatever I needed right. to do to make that situation work. Totally. But when she passed away and she passed away that she, the way she did, and it was that moment of, yeah, okay, this is your life. You're not promised another day. Yeah. And also I had a son. Yeah. Is this what you want marriage to be, his, his, the thing that he's looking at? Right. Is this is what you want love to be? Is this what you want? All of these things I had to start, and it was no. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. This is not what I want. Is, are you who... You want your son to grow up knowing as his mother, right? And it and it wasn't. There was yeah. so much of me that was not there, right? And, and it was. You, and are you going to ask him in the same way that you're doing? Are you going to ask him to lock away pieces of himself, exactly, in order to be accepted in this family? Because he's going to watch you do that. Because he's going to watch you do that. Yeah. And that's how he's going to learn about exactly. love and about how exactly. love is attained, how it's exactly. maintained, how you find safety in the world. Exactly. You know, like it. When you are living out of only the accepted pieces of yourself, like for others, and then your children watch that, like there's just no way out of it. And, and like, it's such a damning place to find yourself. Oh, it was, it was, it was, there was no, I mean, because at the same time I have this relationship with Jonah's brother and sister and they were, they were, I loved them. Yeah. They were my kids. Right. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? And I sat with it. I sat with it and I sat with it and I sat with it. And it wasn't, I mean, that it wasn't until the following year, you know, um, that I, I just came to a point, things had started to happen that, uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't anymore. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I kept doing what I was doing, that either I was going to cut off so much of me that I would be back to that place that I was when I was in high school and I didn't exist and I would be a walking zombie and everybody'd be happy. Totally. But I wouldn't be there anymore or I truly wouldn't be there anymore. Yeah, right. I mean, it came to that, yeah. to that extreme of a place. Right. And I didn't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really have, my friends were his friends. Mm-hmm. My family was his family. Mm-hmm. It was all very much centered around his. And unless you kept that template. Exactly. You know, those exactly. people weren't going to. Exactly. Yeah. It, yes. Because the moment I shifted that, they were all gone. Yep. So, you know, I, it was October of 2008. And um, I had, I went to Seattle to spend some time with my birth father and I remember flying back and I just knew 
I was, I was leaving. Mm-hmm. And not only was I leaving, but For me to be who I am and to come from what I came from and family to mean what it meant to me. I, and you know, I just, I, people don't realize that piece of it. And there was a lot of opinions and there still are a lot of opinions of, of what I did. And, and now being who I am and having the tools that I have, of course I would, there were, are certain things I would have done differently, but um, there had to have been something really broken for me to make that decision. It right. was not something I made selfishly or lightly. I took, I, I carried that decision. I still carry that decision with me, but I also know that I wouldn't change it. Mm-hmm. I, I came back from that trip. I drove back. I told that I was leaving and I also told him that I wasn't taking Jonah. He had the house, he had the job, he had the family, he had the friends, all, all of the things that I wanted him to, ha- my son to have. And I knew that I could take him. And for me, that was, of, of course, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I knew to do that would be to do it for me and not to do it for him yeah. because I didn't where I was going, I didn't know where I, I didn't have any idea. I just knew I had to make a change. And so I, um, (laughs) I packed up my car that morning. I went to my job. I told my boss I was leaving and, um, drove past my son's daycare. So I go by to his sister who was, you know, had no idea what was going on mm-hmm. and I drove all night to Seattle. Yeah. And I cried every day for <laughs> a year. I yeah. don't know, you know. I made a decision that I don't know many talking about mothers. Okay, this is my mother's story. Mm-hmm. This is what mothering looks like for me. Yep. And in that moment there were so many people that said you're you you're ruining your son's life mm-hmm. you're the how, how can you call yourself a mother this this is such a selfish thing to do you're you're broken you're all of these things people had so many things to yeah. say mm-hmm. about my decision but for me that was that was me becoming a mother yeah. a true who i wanted to be as a mother right and i knew i had because jonah was so young I knew I had a certain amount of time to do this work that I needed to do mm-hmm. before he would really remember. And I needed to, to do it so that I could be who I wanted to be as his mom. Right. And so I started therapy and I st- start, I stopped medication. I had been, I was so medicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I started building a network of friends. I started um, getting body work done. I started writing. I started all of these things and pulling all of those parts of me that I had cut off and packed away and disowned all while, you know, really not having support from anybody from my previous life. You know, everybody really kind of disappeared yeah. because it was very clear to them that I had abandoned mm-hmm. my son. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, well, yeah. of, co- of course she did. Look where, you know, look where she came from. Look what her story was. Of, right. You know, she wasn't, right. or whatever that is. Yeah. You know, some of that's my own. Yeah. That's some of that's my own stuff too. Yeah. You know, I definitely struggled with that because if I was supposed to be this parent, like while I knew what I was doing, was worthwhile at the same time I was fighting it because it was like how could how can me being away from my son be what he needs right Right. now or what I need right now or what the future us needs right now how can this how can this possibly be right because it's tearing my guts out yeah and how did you know like what did you say to yourself in those moments do you remember because 
I'm curious, like, did you, you must have, did you go back to that moment that you talk about with Dee Dee passing? Like, was that like a touchstone for you? It really was. It was, it, it was a number of things. It was, um, that was definitely one of them of you remember when you asked yourself that question and you said, no, Mm -hmm. this is you becoming yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, and, and, and also it was, I I didn't yet know who I was. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been me since I was 10 years old. Well, and arguably not even. Right. Even then I was, but as much me as I ever was. Like you could remember. Yeah. I remember that spunky little girl who was just like crazy hair blowing in the wind, didn't give a crap, you know? Yeah. I remembered her. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't been her for a really, really long time. Right. So it was rediscovering even who yeah. I was. Yeah. Like I didn't even know the answer because I totally it was so far from my experience that I didn't even know. Yeah. But I I, I, I would think of Jonah mm-hmm. and I would think I have this t- this is a short amount of time and I need to do everything that I can do to heal, to be strong, so that when I come back I'm I'm solid. Yeah. And I know that I know my own worth. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know what I stand for. And, and I know that I know that. that I can show my son yeah. these things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, because when you talk about not knowing, you know, and that sort of the, how incredibly disorienting it can feel when you decide to reclaim yourself and right. you and like something simple like, I don't even know what I like to eat. Totally. Exactly. I don't even know, like, I don't even know what, what I actually would wear. Yes. If I had the choice That's to exactly wear something it. I wanted, you know, like, I don't even know what would make me feel comfortable when I'm sad yeah. and I need comfort. Like, yeah. I have no idea, but I know right. all the things that don't work. Right. You know, and, and so then if you are, have a baby who is within your charge to raise them to know and express who they are in the world. Exactly. Like it does take work yep. and being sure of who you are in order to, right. in or, not only in order to demonstrate it for them, because that seems obvious, right? But it, also in moments where they are going, like who they are is going up against who you are. Totally. If you don't feel strong in who you are, exactly. then having them threaten that yeah. is where we start to feel the need to control right. our kids, right? right? So it's like having, developing that wherewithal to be like, well, it doesn't, I mean, right. you can tantrum for an hour if you want, but right. like, I'm going to stay who I am, totally. you know, and, and that's not something that just comes with like, you know, the way that we instinctively pat our babies on right. the back. Right, like, right, right. That is right. something that you have yeah. to put work into and especially if you've spent your whole life being asked to abandon those things so like I know what it took for you and like I just want to have a moment not that you need it but of just like mother to mother heart validation for the courage that that took April and for the clarity and for you Like when you talk about people in your life at that time, you know, sort of using your past as a way to say like, well, of course she abandoned Jonah. Right. Like when I look at that story, I'm like, there are few people who would have had the inner like wisdom and strength and power to claim that as a, as an absolute non-negotiable period of time of healing right like as a woman as a mother thank you thank you for doing that for jonah thank you for doing that for for all the women who have been in your presence since then (laughs) you know like that i cannot even imagine how excruciating that time must have been for you it was, you know, it just felt like you walked around with your skin peeled off. Yeah. It was and the in most so many ways, painful. Like, I'm sure. You know, I lost my relationship with 
uh, my stepchildren. Yeah. There was a lot of pain and anger there, which I understood. And there was mm-hmm. parts of the story I couldn't tell them. So I just took it. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Right. And I didn't expect them to understand, but it just, it killed me. Yeah. You know, it was just blow after blow to my heart. Yeah. While I'm in the process of, of you know, I just completely clean. started over. Yeah. I, I took everything and I just wiped yep. it off the table and I was starting from scratch. Yep. And I was reparenting myself. Yep. And I was learning how to be who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And my son was growing. And all of these things that were things I was never going to miss. Right. It was it was the most painful time in my life. I'm sure. But at the same time, by the time my son could say to me, I miss you, mom. I was the woman and mother and human that I wanted to be. Yeah. And I came back. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that was, you know, within, I don't know, a few months of him saying that to me, I had a job in Helena, Montana, where I had never been before. I had no idea what I was, mm-hmm. but I needed to be back. Yeah. And I felt like I could come back strong. Mm-hmm. And I still had so much work to do. Yeah. But I was no longer in doubt of my worth. Yeah. And I was no longer in doubt of um, my strength beyond being a survivor. Mm-hmm. Because that is what I had identified so long with is, is, is being a survivor. And that, that was strength. And that's so true. But I'm strong in my heart. Right. It's so true, but it's also really limiting. Exactly. Yeah. It's a box. It's another For box sure. that I was put in. And I was more than that. Yeah. And I was starting to understand that and, and to explore that. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back, um, you know, it, it, it was as, as more or less the April, you know, now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I really feel lucky. I feel kind of guided that I landed in Helena because I've met my family here. Yeah. This is where my family is. Yeah. You're part of my family. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I've blossomed here and I've come into my own here and my son has seen me. The thing with Jonah and I is that, um, as the way that I parent, the way that I mother is is with complete honesty. Yeah. The, the, there was never a time where I wouldn't hold myself accountable as much as I would hold him. Right. You know, and, you know, I want you, if I've done something that's hurt you, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not this person that's like so high above you that you can't call yeah. me on stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm here. I yeah. Let's have a relationship. Let's have, right. and, and because of that, there's our communication is so open that he knows, just like you said, there's nothing he can come to me with mm-hmm. that mom isn't going to hold space for. Yep. And I've given him tools mm-hmm. all along from the time he was itty bitty yeah. because his superpower is his heart too. Yeah. And I want him to know that and to cherish that. And, and so this is not how I wanted my mother's story to look. I wanted it to be the white picket fence. I wanted it to, to be this, this thing, this idea. And that part, it doesn't fit. Yeah. But how I mother, who I am as a mother, that is exactly who I want to be and how I want to do it. Yeah. And... I'm proud of who I am as a mother yeah. and anybody who knows me knows that that is the most sacred, important part of my journey For sure. and who I am. Yep. Not that I don't have, I think I show Jonah a good balance of I, I am more than your mother, mm-hmm. but kiddo, I've got you. Yeah. Like, I'm a writer yeah. and I do yoga and yeah. I do this and I do that. And I, and I, sometimes I get upset and this is what that looks like. And sometimes I cry and this is what that looks like. And there's all of these things that I let him see the, I let him see the whole of who I am. Mm-hmm. 
And because of that, he can show me the whole of who he is, even when it's not pretty, even when it's hard. Yep. And that, and <laughs> when I can say to my son, I love you. Oh, I know, mom. I was an adult before my mom ever said she loved me. Yeah. And even then and it you was. you certainly wouldn't have said, I know, mom. No. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's things that I have done in my life, um, cycles I have broken mm-hmm. across the board in yeah. many, many different ways. And I know I have this strength. This strength is this part of me that um, has, has brought me through this whole journey mm-hmm. and has helped me to stay alive and, and, and here. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And people always recognize that strength and they say, oh, you're so strong. Oh, you can do so many, you, you've got this. And, and I love that. But at the same time, I'm, I want to spend the next 45 years focusing on my heart yeah, in the ways that I can be soft right? and the ways that I can be open, the ways that I can show my son to be those things yeah. and to, to fully embrace every part of who he is and not, we have this thing, you know, he, he came over a couple of summers ago and it was, you know, I'd ask him, what, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And we started, I, I started saying, nope. What do you want to do? Because it's, re- and, I, and I took time to explain to him why that mattered to me. Yeah. I said, you know, your voice matters. Your opinion matters. Mm-hmm. I truly want to know what you want. You don't have to disappear. Yeah. I, I want you to know that your words have strength and value because they're yours. Yeah. It doesn't have to be for any other reason, but because they're yours and it matters. So now it's, you know, I'll ask him and he, he'll joke with me. Oh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And then he follows it up with, this what is what I want. Is doing. You know, yeah. and, and it's, to most people that wouldn't matter, but be, mm. so much of how I parent is from those times where I felt unseen and unheard and unvalued and into my adulthood of unseen, unheard, unvalued. And by God, I am not going to be a parent that makes my son feel unseen, unloved, or unvalued. Yeah. I, I you know that. With every, every piece of me, I will do what I can knowing that I'm going to make mistakes, knowing that I'm not always going to get it right, but I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. and I'm going to love him. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he knows that he knows to the marrow of his bones, his mom's in his corner, whether she's right in front of him or miles away, mm-hmm. that, that, that part doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if he can see me cause he can feel me. Yeah. That's how I mother. Yeah. I mother every day, whether I see my son or not. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm mothering him. I'm mothering him in the way that I carry myself, in the way that I teach myself new ways of communicating, in the way that I show up for my friends and my family. Mm-hmm. I'm mothering him. Yep. And I know... There's so much more to learn and he's growing and he's becoming this amazing young man. And, and, and I'm going to redefine what mothering means over and over and over again, but I'm in, yeah, sign me up, man. I, I, um, I wouldn't change anything because everything led me to him. there's you know there's really nothing else to say yeah and um we i think that we have a tendency when holding space for someone to get to the like end of a conversation like this and try to find like this tidy little 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 bow bow to put on it to wrap up (laughs) and like okay well in summary (laughs) and i'm just not gonna do that here because your the work you've done, April, it 
and the way that you've been brave enough to fully stand in your life and to by doing that with such um, like gusto you know have given us all anyone who knows you uh, permission to do the same thing if not you know it's like one thing to be inspired by you and to for me personally I'll just that's kind of like how I'll put a bow on this is like my personal experience of knowing you and relating to you is that I am continually inspired by your like fearless ambition to continue to learn and grow and and the way that you are unapologetic about doing that and dedicated to it it's my path it's your path and like and you're sh- and you are shedding light on that path for the other people in your life and like i i think that i i like i have to speak on behalf of just like womanhood here you know i think we have less permission to show up and claim all the parts of ourselves and and really say like no i actually i want to inhabit my full life right like i want to live out of every part of my life and i and i think that like for a lot of us and i'm going to like bring it back to the mothering piece here like that is like the one thing that we're like mm, i don't really want to compromise here right like there's a right. lot i'd be like oh, where we go for dinner what we watch on this tv this is non-negotiable like, but when it comes to teaching yeah. my kids like whether or not their voices matter not really grounds for like compromise for me totally so then so then it's often through motherhood that we're you know given this sort of like internal ultimatum of like are you gonna are you gonna so what are you gonna do here are you going to take the road where you are like fully and authentically living every piece of your life and in that way mothering out of that or are you going to take the path where you're like shutting down parts of yourself like one by one you know like stadium right. lights totally and and for me to do that like i quickly learned that to do that i was going to have to have some serious numbing agents on board yeah and and like i just i could not because the choice like it has to be harder to do to take that route right where we're shutting down parts than it is the other which is really freaking hard so then i just in in watching you and in knowing you like the permission that you've given through living that is a gift to all of us thank you especially your son and to think about like him being able to inhabit those traits in the masculine exactly world. exactly Dang. and and living in a place where being a man means mm-hmm. a much different thing than it does in some other parts of the world it's yeah. i think especially important to manifest that softness mm-hmm. and and to honor it yeah. like that this is i always tell him this is one of your superpowers yeah. this is something that makes you you right and so um thank you for that that it, it is you know i think um especially when it comes to mothering there's so much that's tied in to what's acceptable to how you define that and i definitely took a path that um it's the hardest thing i've ever done yeah. i i and and i continually run up against people with who have a story about it yeah um to this day for sure. And 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 I have to continually tell myself all of the things that I have to tell myself that I know to be true about who I am in order for that to not um, take away from my experience of mothering. Yeah. Because it's not something that's celebrated by people. Mm-hmm. Um, it is by my close friends and family because they know me, but the general people... You know, it, it, I have to, I have to know that I know and I do. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. I, I'm not in doubt of that anymore right. of, of who my validity as a mother and having to defend that or explain that to people. Right. I know. Yeah. My son knows. Yeah. And end of story. That's, yeah. that's all that matters. So, right. um, 
I love that this is a platform for people, women to express the the broad spectrum of what motherhood means because it is a different story for all of us and it continues to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Yay. thank you. Thank you. We're going to call it a day. <laughs> okay. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do like what we're doing on Mother Love, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Mm-hmm.